And that's exactly what the story in Genesis, right at the very beginning of the Bible, is. When, Because a lot of people say that the serpent in the garden came up to, to Eve and said, you won't die if you eat that. But all he really did in the scripture is ask Eve, did God say you would die if you ate from the fruit, if you ate the forbidden fruit? And so declaring a statement of, uh, uh, declaring an anti-statement isn't even the root of our sin problem. It's the question in the first place. It's that doubt. It's that little, that little flame of doubt and fear that can spread and it can keep us from catching fire in, in that way. I mean, that's a, that's a bad metaphor because the flame would cause you to catch fire, but it's the little, uh, I guess, fire extinguisher that could keep us from really catching on fire and d- letting go of that awkwardness and surrendering to the idea that, hey, not only do I want my kids to be around this stuff, because that's exactly where it started for me too. I grew up in the church, and then after having kids, I, I had I had kind of made my faith private. It's not something I shared with people. I had a prayer life, but that was about it. Didn't go to church, didn't really dive into scripture, didn't deepen my relationship with Christ. It was more so just, hey, thanks for saving me. Um, I'm going to go about my life now. Once I had children, it became clear in, in the way that you're saying that I don't want to let my own skepticism which you know is coming from a place of doubt and fear. I don't want to let that stand in the way of what something that could be potentially good for my kids, even if it's just a 1% chance that it'll be good for them. Now that I've opened up, as you have, to just the idea that, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ask God, and I tell this to people that are like, hey, man, how, how do you do this from, from going, how do you go from zero to to one with your relationship with Christ. And it starts with exactly what you said, just opening up your heart a little bit and saying, Hey, Jesus, show me something like, show me your face. Show me, show me something. I'm open to this. I I know that I need this. We all do. And, um, man, I, I really think that it's beautiful. The trajectory that you're on, even though, you know, you've said some things that show skepticism against the the word that we study every week in in the in wealthy kingdom bible study but that is a part of all of our journey and that's i mean this is not something that is going to be on most christian podcasts right they're not going to be yeah. talking about like why well they're preaching, they're preaching to the choir right that's what they're doing right? yeah so, yeah so exactly you have different perspectives. Exactly. Well, and in this case, you're, you're really, um, I mean, it's, it's awkward to begin to follow Jesus and to raise your hands in church when you're worshiping, like those kinds of feelings, they feel awkward. But another thing that's awkward now that you are on your walk with Christ is to admit some of the thoughts in the back of your head that do still remain cynical and in opposition to the word. And I think what's important about that is that we're all flawed. We're all human and we all will have thoughts of that or another, whether it's lust or whether it's uh, greed or whether it's 
you know, skepticism, doubt, fear. Jesus talks about how all of those things are sinful and there's no way we can measure up. But, it's easy to, it's the part that's hard to forget. Or excuse me, it's easy to forget is that you are a sinner. Yeah. Right? Or that you are a sinner. Like that's probably the biggest part of, I'm starting to understand about Christianity a lot more is that you are imperfect. Mm. And we already know that, like, I'm not perfect. We know that, right? But then, and we all, all we're, like, we're not perfect and we're all going to die, right? Like, those are like two guaranteed things, right? But we go about our day forgetting that I will die and forgetting that I'm not perfect, right? Because if that's all you thought about all day, you would, uh, you wouldn't feel very good. So yeah. You try, try to avoid those feelings. Um, but we are, you know, we are a lot of accumulation of just kind of like how we, how we grow up. You know, like I think one of my, again, coming from science or not coming, just coming from, I say practical, but you can say it's science. It's just like the reason why people seem to come to God or come to Christ really comes down to just having your teeth kicked in, you know, in some form or some fashion. If you don't have your teeth kicked in or your life never, if you never, if you ever get confronted with a situation that you have been able to kind of tolerate and understand, you know, um, then it's, 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 it, then you just haven't had anything or I don't know. I mean, I mean, that's just my perspective, right? Cause I mean, what really brought me to Christ, right? It was my mom originally in the beginning, like influenced by going to Catholic school and then going to confirmation and all this kind of stuff, you know, but then my family fell apart. Um, I had a friend, you know, my, my mom and my dad separated. And then what happened was my, um, I had a friend in middle school take me to this, invite me to this retreat where I got to meet people that were into this Catholic thing. And it was, it was a pretty good experience. I learned a lot and it was, I felt part of something, you know? Uh, but then two years later, my dad murdered my mom. And then what happened was, um, I mean, how old were you? What do you I was 15. Wow. So yeah. I so didn't know that. what yeah. Oh, I, th I told you that. No, <laughs> so I, I don't think so. My, my mom, my dad, like literally like we're walking in the door. I'm sorry. Like they're man. separated. They've been separated for maybe six months or a year. And um, I think my mom was dating. And then I walked in. We walked in from the mall and like my dad walked in drunk and like we're at, this is in Daly City in, uh, in you know, it's uh, um, North, Northern California. And um, I just remember he had the gun. I mean, I didn't know. What, I, I used to know he was going to jail because he's he's had a restraining order. And I just like got between like there's like this moment of like, what is that saying? Um, no one is coming to save you, mm -hmm. right? There's like, no, I'm like 15 years old. I have my two younger brothers. They're right there, and it's just like the most crazy experience. Like, because usually when you're at that age, you're just so used to like if you're crying or something happens, someone's gonna come help you, right? Because that's right. what happens. But in that moment, they're really the, these the two people that were gonna help me were fighting, and but I didn't know my dad had a gun. So I just got in between them. I broke them up. I just remember like dad's going to get out of here. So he doesn't go to jail and I'm going to, you know, I turned around and then just like bang, like through my right ear, like there's this, like this big, like ringing in my right ear, you know? And I just like, what is that? There's gunpowder smell. Um, it's crazy because I take my, my, uh, my dad's, I fight the gun away from my dad. He actually he put the gun to his head and then I fight the gun. I fight the, I fight the, the gun away from him. And then, um, I remember telling him like, go upstairs to my brother to, you know, because I have two younger brothers, take care of them. <laughs> I send them upstairs. Like I really, I fight the gun away from him. And then I put the gun like in a, in a drawer. And then my, my mom is like, she got shot in the face and she was just like 
dead already, but she was like just clinging to life. Uh, and I got like a towel upstairs. I put it under her head. I called 911. It was, um, I'm pretty inoculated by it because, you know, it was 25 years ago. Um, yeah, that's serious, traumatic. But then like I talk about it because that's what happened. Just adrenaline rush, all this stuff happened. But then there's, there's the aftermath, right? And the reality is like, I mean, this is my relationship, my deep start of my deep start relationship with God, which is hating God. Yeah. Because I had to believe that my mom, I'm going to see my mom again someday and yeah. that she's going to be somewhere when I see it. I have to believe, I want to believe that she's looking down on me. Mm. And to not believe in God means that that doesn't exist. You know? So what happened was I just ended up, I, I, so I went back to that um, retreat thing and I'm just like, basically this whole, my adolescence was just, just absolute anger towards God, even yeah. though I didn't really even know God, honestly, like, I didn't, it's not like I understood the Bible or anything, but my thing with that was that like, you come to God because you almost have no choice, mm. right? And that is sort of like, almost have no choice, but then you, you go because you, something just, you kick your teeth kicked in, like something happens to you in your life that you just cannot process. I always call it one divided by zero. Like it just creates this error in the spreadsheet yeah. and you cannot continue anymore. And God, Christ kind of helps bridge that, you know? Um, and that's part of like the first introduction to sort of like my, my, my intense belief for God, positive or negative. Um, and then as I kind of like grew up and got older, like God was never really in my life after probably 20 after 18 because i got my life together i got a job you know I, I met my girlfriend who's not my wife and then you know i get a job at 24 fitness i, I have a career as a trainer and as a manager um and it's just fascinating how like throughout this entire process like there is no there is no like leaning on christ there's no yeah. leaning on god right it isn't until like okay 20 years later, like after that, I'm like, okay, a big, something happens to my son where it just basically like really wrecks me, mm. you know, it really affects me in such a, such a dramatic way that I do not know how to process, mm. you know? Um, and then from a logical side, I mean, I'll just be honest, like I'm going to go on that team because that team believes this, mm -hmm. you know? And then of course I find something better than that. So, but I mean, the whole thing is that there's like, you just get to a point where like, cause I remember before that, before, before, you know, the change in my family, I remember I had dealt with some business problems with my partner, which made me better, but I didn't have God, you right. know, and pretty much for a long time, probably up until then, like, I don't, again, this is speaking from a man who absolutely cares about his family mm -hmm. who will do whatever it takes to protect his family you know like it doesn't matter there is no such thing as evil when you're protecting your family you know that's that's my sort of concept like it's sort of like my back is against a the wall there is no other option like i'm going to make it work 